We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 21st edition of the World War NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me, as always, is Jake Latarski. You can follow me at Roto Jake. Before we get started, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Roto it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Roto newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Roto Fantasy podcast. And WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlor lays over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. And if you want to break from sports betting, you can head to WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on uh, roulette, double down on blackjack, stun lasats, or trying to head to Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding at WinBet. The possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all World War listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Royal Fantasy Podcast. Jake, I'll be honest, I was smiling to start the podcast because we had pre-recorded uh, probably like two minutes worth of this before I even hit the go live button. So for those of you listening right now, or I guess later on with the podcast, just know I really had good prep for that read and everything yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. We, this done is, this is too. If you're wondering why the pale complexion's a little bit red, it's because I was laughing hysterically, uh, realizing I was sitting there too, wondering where our tweet went and, and what the heck happened. But hey, we're here, we're live with you. We've got some uh, not so great games to talk about from monday night maybe a couple to preview for tonight at the end but most importantly uh we'll get you the waiver wires here setting heading into a semi-final week here this is a money week this is where money's won and or lost and uh hopefully we can help you out there some options at each position um and definitely some important takeaways and some maybe under the radar ones that uh that we you, you might not have caught uh you know with the games all spread out this week it was a lot of time devoted to watching football that's for sure yeah, and you mentioned that we still have two games yet to go, both occurring at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time tonight. And quite frankly, 
going to be a difference maker for a lot of people at the Rams and Seahawks with DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup likely carrying a lot of fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. Not so much the Eagles Washington matchup, but hey, there there's two football games Ooh. on tonight. I'm I've curious. Got a, I've got a desperate matchup with Hertz and McLaurin, and uh, I I got to get like 60 points out of three guys, and it's very possible. Um, but I, I was curious how how your your fantasy playoff week one went because I know for mm-hmm. many people. We had all this COVID stuff. We are continuing. We're going to get to that with the Chiefs, with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill getting both placed on the reserve COVID-19 list today. And honestly, all of last week, it was a mess, too. Um, It it was difficult. I ended up only losing one of my, I think, six playoff games. So I'm patting myself on the back a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious how you did. Yeah, so uh, one was a buy. One, I already put up 170, and then I have to decide if I'm going to play Van Jefferson or Rashad Penny to finish it off tonight as a flex. Uh, I've been back and forth on that. And then uh, two other ones are looking not so hot, but if things shake the right way tonight, then uh, I'm still alive, so I'm not dead. It's like a 60-40 against me type situation here. Um, but, you know, uh, preparing for uh, for disappointment, right? Like, uh, oh, I won't do Spider-Man spoilers here. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Um, I appreciate but, uh, that. Thursday. Yes. No, it's just, it's, just a, it's just a random quote from the movie. It doesn't spoil anything. But, no, let's talk about some of these Monday night games here. I was gonna say preparing for being dead. That's that's the Bears, right? Who yeah. once, once again, I mean, I, again, as a Packers fan, I sit here and I, I hate telling myself they got absolutely worked over by the referees for a mm-hmm. second straight Monday night football game. And and this one wasn't as egregious. Mm-hmm. I, I did not know, and maybe Jake, you had caught it before I did, but I did not know there's that rule put in place where you can't go low on a blocker. Now this, yeah. this case, I mean, that happened favorite. in the Packer game, right? That, well, because, that's exactly uh, it. That's yeah, how so that was the first time the I saw that. I was like, what okay, are they supposed to do. I, yeah. I am so fed up with the officiating this season. It's completely ruined the product for me on top of everything else. Injury wise, the referees are an issue in NFL. I guarantee you, you're not listening to this podcast, but by some chance, by some miracle, somebody has stumbled upon this, fix it. Fix it now because this is one of the worst seasons I can recall, and it's in large part due to what I feel like is egregious misuse of of what the referees should be doing. I'm I'm embarrassed to say I've spent so much time caring about this season, and my team's the number one seed. This is bad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been good. It's definitely ruined the product, but I always keep telling myself to try to stay sane at least. uh, I want football to be around as long as I'm alive, right? And for football to be around as long as we're alive, there's going to be some rule changes we don't like. I did not like, I mean, you know, the purist in me, who, you know, was a pass rusher and edge rusher way, way back when, when I had an ounce of athletic ability, maybe, um, you know, there's nothing better than laying out a quarterback, but uh, you know, and I hated those, uh, you know, the pass interference adjustments, but I grew, it grew, I figured it out. I learned to cope with it and, you know, stuff like some of these penalties are happening. Now what happened with the bears, you know, I mean, okay. So they're, they're designed with the chop block thing. They're designed to make the game safer. Right. And uh, you know, I can't stand it, but it is what it is. What happened with the bears is a totally different thing here. I mean, there were six, when I checked out of that game, at least mentally checked out, I was on the screen the whole time, but when I kind of checked out, right. and it went, it went to surfing Reddit on my phone. Um, when I checked out, I had heard them say on the broadcast that there had been six personal fouls. Now, yes, the bears do get hosed by plenty of these stuff, by plenty of these calls. One of them was even on Nagy in the first half. However, if you're the bears, you kind of have to know that you almost have a target on your back right now. You know, you're the mo- one of the most have to be the most penalized team in the national football league. And you got to be a little bit smarter. Now, maybe some of these guys have packed it in and don't necessarily care. That's very possible. We've been hearing rumblings of that for a while, but uh, you, you got to watch yourself a little bit. Now, some of these are egregious. Some of these maybe could have been uh, prevented here. So I don't know. That was the story of the game. Now, 
the big story of this week was COVID pushing everybody back, causing all these absences, messing with fantasy football rosters. So can the games be sloppy? Yes, you expect games to be a little bit sloppy, at least with the Raiders and the Browns. The Bears and the Vikings didn't have this excuse, right? right? right. This was their game to begin with here. And, uh, you know, there weren't any too crazy, uh, you know, COVID shortages necessarily in that game. Um, I mean, what to say? A 17-9 game, it was basically a backdoor cover for some, depending on what they want, because the Bears got a touchdown on the last play of the game that was initially ruled down in the one, ended up giving it a touchdown. No extra point, also very significant to some in that game. But, uh, I mean, who'd you really start here that had a great fantasy day? I mean, Cook and Jefferson were just average. Cousins was below average here. Nobody really on the Bears made it worth a while because they gave up, I mean, how many... How many fourth downs? I mean, they kept going for it on fourth down to their credit. You know, I'm going to give them that. But, uh, you know, they kept missing on fourth down, too. So that was really it was really brutal. It was really brutal to watch here and uh, basically gave the Vikings no chance to really go full t- or no reason to really go full steam ahead on offense in the f- fourth quarter here. So uh, I want to point out a tweet I saw from Stats Inc. Uh, stats by stats they're at tonight. The Bears scored fewer than 10 points, lost three fumbles. Turned the ball over on downs three times, had 90-plus penalty yards, and missed a field goal. No other NFL team since the merger have done all of those things in one game. So, yes, they are getting the short end of the stick and being penalized like crazy to a point even unfairly, which is tough for me to say at a Packer, as a Packer fan. But that's not the only reason they wa- they lost that game. I mean, that team that team is just lost to begin with here. Um, that's really all I have to say on that. Very mediocre fantasy effort from everybody involved. Well, you, you had said, you know, what players that took place in that Vikings Bears one of that game had good fantasy days and you and the rest of the company should wish the answer was everyone on the Vikings because your boy right here with that free roll beat Joe Bartle NFFC Rotoware Online Championship is mm-hmm. currently 150 overall and a higher overall prize means prize to me but because mm-hmm. it's a free roll. It goes it's spread out with the rest of the full-time people. So you, Jake, need All to right, be rooting for Kirk Cousins, Delvin Cook, David Montgomery, and in this case, KJ Osborne, all of which were lackluster performances thanks yeah. to what was a, a bad game overall. We have two more yeah. weeks, well, though. Well, ECAT's team in the in the Rotowire Invitational has has Cousins Cook and Jefferson. So if he wins, then maybe then you'll be winning too. That's probably who's knocking me off uh tonight for you know a variety of different reasons here. But we do have to I think we have to touch on the Browns and the Raiders. Um, of course, COVID just ravaging the Browns across the whole. I mean, they ended up starting Nick Mullins, couldn't move the football. Um, Donovan People Jones was his leading target and pass catcher who caught four for 48 yards. Now, he caught some very important third down conversions when the Browns were on the go ahead drive towards the end there. Um, but really, I mean, it's not working with Mullins, just hand the ball off to Chubb. That's, you know, what they that's what they should be doing. And eventually it was starting to pay it off. You know, he scored once and then he had a second touchdown called back by a hold. Yeah, it was a hold. There's holding on every play. I get that. But I wonder how many fantasy seasons ended or got flipped one way or another because Chubb's mm. second touchdown was called back. Still ended up with a good day. I mean, he was uh he was he was pretty, you know, dominant in the fourth quarter, you know, until until he wasn't, you know, and they had to give the ball back and Carr was able to go back and get the uh get the field goal uh, you know, with their new highly paid kicker here. But uh I mean, overall from that game, again, Chubb was the only Brown that really had much fantasy value. Derek Carr underwhelmed a little bit. I mean, the Browns' defense is good. That seems like it's a tough place to play. And, you know, and even even with their, them being shorthanded, you know, the Raiders could still only muster 16 points. I'm starting to get a little higher on Josh Jacobs too. Um, four four targets in this game is what's interesting to me. You know, with Kenyon Drake, Kenny Drake injury. Yeah, with Kenyon Drake out for the year here, they're not 
Peyton Barber had one target, and I think that was the only back to really get you know super involved. I mean, Foster Moreau had nine targets, so you maybe look at that if uh, if um, you know Waller has to miss another week. But uh, things are looking up a little bit for Josh Jacobs just because he's shown that he's capable of being used as a pass catcher. So you know that's a positive sign there. But Hunter Renfro had a dud of a game. Um, yeah, I needed know. him to do well. That was a that was bad. I mean, it was it was tough for the Raiders' offense as a whole. And you mentioned that the Browns' defense is good. Well. Pump the brakes, uh, Tarkaris McKinley, their their defensive end, done for the season, torn Achilles, I believe. Ouch. But more importantly, Miles Garrett, we're not sure mm-hmm. his stats for next week, which is important for the Packers because they play the Browns next week as well. And and the Browns, ha- if they had won that game, would have been a, a top of the AFC North division with that loss, now mm-hmm. fall to 12th in the AFC standings. You look at the rest of the season schedule for the Browns, though, they still have a shot at the playoffs. It's going to be a really pivotal season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess, yeah, really pivotal yeah. for their season. I mean, that AFC North division is super tight. You know? It is. It, is. I, I, it could change You know, in the top three every single week. Um, let's get to the quarterbacks. Before we do that real, uh, yeah, real quick, let's get a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we are back. And again, quarterback position from a waiver wire perspective. Going to be interesting. We had recommended Jimmy G last week. I was all over Jimmy G in a few places I really need quarterback. Fine enough. I mean, he, he moved the ball 240 plus yards, the one passing yep. touchdown. They just were able to score pretty easily in the red zone. Has another good match against the Titans this week. And I guess I'll toss it over to you first because I, I'm thinking I'm going to start Jimmy G Thursday against the Titans. And it's kind of the same mm-hmm. reason that Jim Coventry made last week when it came to the COVID stuff in the Chiefs Chargers. If you know a player is going to play, like they have a game Thursday. Get them in your lineup now if it's anywhere close because you have no idea what is going to change directly after. I, there's I'm a line. There's it. a line in the sand with that strategy. They have to be clo- I, like the I generally are agree in principle. If the rankings are within you know a couple spots on the rankings, then sure, I can buy that. And it definitely paid off because I would have been down a spot had I uh, waited for Jarvis Landry or Tyler Lockett um, to come back. Guess what? Neither of them are eventually coming back. So, you know, th- that's in a tough spot, but you know, you do have to draw the line somewhere. Now, the question with, when we talk about streaming quarterbacks, when we talk about two quarterbacks, who are we actually realistically considering benching this week? And I looked at the list and there aren't a ton of obvious options. I could see maybe sitting cousins against the Rams. Now that they're getting healthy, that might depend on, you know, they're getting their players back at least from COVID that, you know, might depend a little bit on how they look tonight. I could see if you've been relying on Derek Carr, maybe sitting him against the Broncos. It's another very, very difficult matchup here, but there aren't many 
real obvious quarterback bench. Kyler Murray this week. Kyler Murray. I mean, it's the Colts. I, I don't think he's a must bench ever, right? I mean, I feel like that could uh, that could backfire so bad. I don't think I'd. You know, it's I, tough. I, I wouldn't. Murray could be close. any of the top five teams, and and I definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be benching him for Jimmy G. You know, I guess to, to put it in, in consideration. You probably haven't advanced in the playoffs if you played Kyler Murray last week. So it's a moot point anyway, given his performance against the Lions. I'm just thinking, you know, thinking ahead. Actually, Jay Red asked a question. This is probably good when he's got Jimmy G, Joe Burrow, Russ Wilson. I mean, Justin Fields in that equation, too. Yeah, Fields of those three immediately of those three. Yeah, right. Which one would you end up starting? Because I think this is probably a better, uh, better like what what do we do? Yeah, with the yeah if you were bouncing around with Burrow, um, let's see. I, I, I gotta check the matchups. I'm still a little. My brain's in week 15 a little bit still. That's okay. Joe um, Burrow against the Ravens and their decimated secondary. Um, you have Russ Wilson. Uh, you know, I think in a matchup that is winnable against the Bears, and then Jimmy yep. G against the Titans. Um, I think you stick to Burrow in this situation. I mean, we might've talked about this same, a similar dilemma last year, but uh, he's we a saw frequent what, flyer. Yeah. Yeah. We saw what, uh, what Aaron Rodgers was able to do to the secondary. I mean, did they even, they punted maybe what once in that whole game. Um, you know, they were able to move the ball whenever they were able to pick on brand new guys coming in. And uh, yeah, Burrow has enough weapons, you know, with his top three wideouts that uh, he should be able to piece that whole situation up here. I think this is Burrow. Um, you know, Jimmy G is an interesting streamer. He'll, you know, next week, you know, I'll have to make a, depending on how Jalen Hurts does the night, the rest of the season, if I'm able to advance, I do have to make a Jimmy G Jalen Hurts decision in a two quarterback league. So we'll see how that goes. But I think the answer is Burrow for this one specifically, uh, you know, based on what I know about the Ravens secondary and, you know, the Ravens front seven did an okay job stopping the run. It was really Rogers, you know, this year's MVP carving him up. So, uh, uh, I think you have to go back to Burrow, especially given that's the strength of that team. Joe Mixon's a little banged up. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but if he's limited in any way and they have to go to a more passing heavy game plan. Um, and I think, I mean, the Ravens, whether Lamar comes back, whether it's Huntley at quarterback, they look like a team that can score a ton of points here. So, uh, you know, Burrow doesn't have to worry about a blowout factor as much necessarily and uh, and should be able to exploit the main weakness there. So I definitely like Burrow out of that trio. Thanks for the question, Jay. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Jimmy G. I think actually over Burrow. I had Burrow, I believe, quarterback eleven, and and, and yeah, I mean, look, it's close. You you could get by with both. Delroy Scarlett actually asks with the. I mean, they have Tom Brady with both uh, Antonio Brown. I'm sorry, with uh, possibly Mike Evans, but certainly Chris Goblin out. Do they play Tom Brady or not? What other options can you look for? I think that's where I draw the line. I'll play Tom Brady over Jimmy G over Joe Burrow. Those types of options, but. Well, I want you to answer the question, Jake, but then also go ahead and give Delroy a few of the other streaming options you could go at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tom Brady, apparently the Saints are his kryptonite, does have a very tough matchup here against the Panthers coming up. It's on the road. They're the third best, uh, you know, against opposing quarterbacks. But, I mean, last time Brady had under 15 fantasy points in week four against the Patriots, he came back and had over 40 fantasy points against the Dolphins. Very rarely, um, I don't see a single time where he's had back-to-back disappointing games here. So, um, and, you know, listen, the receiver situation might not be great necessarily, but I think Scotty Miller will be involved. Tyler Johnson, maybe a sneak peek for later. Uh, He's going to be able to figure it out. Ronald Jones is a good pass catching back. And, you know, he was throwing to Fournette a lot. I'm pretty sure Brady's going to be able to figure it out. I would start Brady over most of these options, but 
you know, you have to look at a couple here. After watching what Tyler Huntley did to Green Bay on Sunday, now granted, unique type of quarterback, unique type of game plan. That's not Uniquely Baker. Uniquely bad defense against those particular quarterbacks. Exactly. Yeah, that's not Baker Mayfield, you know, by any means. But, uh, you know, if he comes back, he's only 28% rostered. He's in play. I had Fields on this list. I wanted to mention him against Seattle, but, uh, you know, he's only 26% rostered. That'd be a two quarterback league at best situation here. Fields, every once in a while, there's like one or two drives of games where I start thinking to myself, all right, he looks good. He looks all right. And then, uh, you know, and then he, 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 he burns all that goodwill, you know, with a bad turnover or a bad decision or something like that. There are flashes of potential here. There's no question about that. You know, I think he could eventually turn out to be an okay quarterback, but he's not someone you can rely on this week. Uh, before any of those guys, uh, you know, I'd rank him Brady. Then I'd look for Jimmy G. Then I'd probably actually look for Big Ben Roethlisberger mm. at Kansas City. Um, you know, not, he didn't do so hot last week, but, uh, you know, he's been up and down, and it's a pretty decent matchup against the Chiefs. But, you know, maybe a high of ev- ahead of everybody, you know, except Brady, I guess, uh, you have to see if Lamar's going to sit again, if there's any chance. And Tyler Huntley was only 4% rostered. You know, he earned himself a lot of future money last week against the Packers and the, he's just as much of a dual threat as, as Lamar I don't think Lamar's ever had two passing and two rushing touchdowns in the same game in his time as a Raven here so Huntley becomes very very viable in that situation now beyond those guys I'll run down some two quarterbacks super flex league options situations to be aware of of course Teddy Bridgewater has a concussion he's of course not going to play here Drew Locke takes over there uh in the meantime the Giants have shut down Daniel Jones moved him to IR I don't really want to mess around with Glennon or uh Fromm but I mean Glennon threw three picks before getting benched so you're looking at a negative day from your quarterback in that situation but you know just some names in case and we also had Jared Goff placed on the COVID reserve list this week Tim Boyle would be the backup there uh you know, it could be a worse matchup again against Atlanta, ranks 31st against opposing quarterbacks. So not much there. But again, those are mostly two quarterback league uh players. I think the real streamers you look at are, you know, you turn back to Jimmy G, uh, you maybe look at Big Ben or uh you, uh, Jimmy G one, Huntley two, Big Ben three. Otherwise, you're throwing darts with Baker coming back, maybe, or Fields hopefully carrying you with some rushing yards. That's kind yeah. of the quarterback. Field, fields over Baker for me, but you're right. I I agree with you. Jimmy G is going to be a starter for me, at least one playoff league. And I, I think if I really came down to it, I would play Huntley against that Bengals defense as well. Although, again, I just want to say the Packers for a decade plus have no idea what to do when a quarterback is mobile. Whatever you think of him this past week, he will not look that good again, probably yeah. in the rest of his career. I don't know I mean, what it I don't know what it I mean, it happens through three defensive coordinators. Right. They, right? they just they can't they have no clue what to and, do. And, you know, Joe Barry's done a phenomenal job with this Packers defense, but I feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just a personnel, like their inside linebackers. Devonder Campbell's been awesome, but they just didn't have anybody I think it's a philosophical thing. I I really think it's a philosophical thing. They would rather have their linebackers make a play, right? Preston Smith came in uh, so many times and and Mm -hmm. lost contain Rashawn Gary the same way. And they would rather make a big play defensively than uh, worry about the quarterback giving up 20 yards. The problem is it just changes the outcome of really an entire series when that stuff occurs. And it's a philosophical difference that I just have with their defensive coordinators. I, I think it's a franchise they just have. So again, Tyler Huntley looked great. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really not discounting his talent. I think he might be one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. And he's a backup and will be a backup for the Ravens. So long as he's with them, he's just not going to produce that same way against other teams who are smarter than the Packers. 
just just want to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, even if you take it the rushing touchdowns away, you're still going to get at least 50 rushing yards, maybe throw for one, run for one, or throw mm-hmm. for two. That's still a 20-point fantasy performance, and that's really – I mean, if you start Jimmy G, you're really hoping for 20 points, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I think it's the same way. Let's, uh, let's move over to the running back position because we had at least an interesting list because with the, the Chargers – uh, and whether or not there was going to be the Josh Kelly, um, Justin Jackson plays, given they had played on Thursday, Eckler ended up being mm-hmm. healthy, but now Eckler's on the COVID list. Yeah, have we have to rehab this conversation again. I mean, we could just stick stick off or start off with it, right? I mean, the NFL did change policy this week, so players have a a faster route to get back if they're asymptomatic. They can take multiple tests in a day. I believe that he was actually wasn't placed on the uh, COVID list. I want to point that out. Oh, he wasn't. Oh, he was banged up. Yeah, he, he was one of the seven charge, but he wasn't among the seven chargers placed in the COVID nineteen list. See, yeah, I guess I just saw these news and thought, uh, and thought, well, it, it was a miscorrection because the the athletic reporter Daniel Popper did say Eckler got placed there, but then later oh, on it was yep. not the case. That makes sense. Yep. So when I was doing this outline, he was on the COVID list, and I didn't think he would come off less than twenty four hours later. This was the only way he could come off less than twenty four hours later if it was an error and misreporting. So that's interesting. So is he? He's banged up with an undisclosed injury. We don't even know. Yeah, he had he has had quad and hamstring mm-hmm. issues for most of the season. I'm sorry, ankle issues like the the hamstring mm-hmm. and ankle, and it's really due to the workload. We actually discussed this last podcast where Eckler himself said, "I'm getting too much work. I I should not be doing this much." And I thought it was really evident Thursday in a must win game for the Chargers, really for divisional purposes. They chose to use Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson in the red zone probably three fourths of the time. The one time Eckler did play, scores a touchdown, continues his streak. But they used it between the 20s, which I thought was egregiously dumb. And, you know, they got burned for it. They've lost. Mm-hmm. I, I think this matchup against the Texans, they're going to just get do what needs to be done to get the win. Yep. And then you can rest Eckler anyway. And I exactly. think for the Chargers so to be becomes, in that position, they have to use Eckler. So that becomes a Justin Jackson week, right? Because Jay asked, asked another question, if we can get to in a bit, because it involves running backs and wide receivers. But Justin Jackson would become a primary pickup if you knew right now that Eckler, say he sits out practice for the next two days and doesn't doesn't look good going, in, going into the game this week. Uh, Justin Jackson has to be one of the top pickups here compared to the other guy we're about to talk about. Uh, Ronald Jones got to be right. Yeah, you know, I'm saying like the top pickup for the Chargers, right? It's Jackson oh, over Kelly. Yes, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. think Eckler will play. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident about that. Yep. So to me, you're thinking Justin Jackson gets 10 carries, hoping he gets 60 yards, mm-hmm. and then maybe scores in the fourth quarter when the Chargers are up 21. And, yeah. and and you have to hope for that specific game script. Whereas with Ronald Jones, with Leonard Fournette, I don't know. We don't know if his stats are not for sure. But it's it's interesting. We have all these valuable backups, the Devontae Bookers, the A.J. Dillons of the world, mm-hmm. that have emerged at one point or another throughout the season. We've never once discussed Ronald Jones, despite the fact that he does fall into that category. Lo and behold, with the Buccaneers dealing with a myriad of injuries after this loss to the Saints, I think Ronald Jones is actually the top pickup this week. And I'll argue against anybody for that one. I think Ronald Jones and what he means to fantasy players still left in the, in the race is going to be incredibly impactful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He's a, uh, you know, 35%. He's probably a dump, you know, the rest of your budget on there on you or use your first priority, do whatever you can in your power to go ahead and get Ronald Jones, especially if you were a manager who happened to be rostering Leonard Fournette. 
Uh, Fournette, of course, exited the game with a hamstring injury. They need Fournette in the playoffs. I mean, there's no question about that. Soft tissue injury. You want to give that some time, probably. Uh, so Ronald Jones, again, top overall pickup. He uh, ended the game with eight carries for 63 yards compared to three for 19 for Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn gets involved a little bit, but not enough to be fantasy relevant necessarily. Very difficult matchup against Carolina this week. They're ranked number 11 against opposing running backs. But then right after that in the fantasy championship, if Fournette still sits, Jones gets a real juicy matchup against the Jets, who are dead last against opposing running backs in the fantasy championship. And I also bookmarked a tweet from Mike Clay here, uh, you know, of, of ESPN, where he showed Ronald Jones in four games without Fournette. This was last season. 26 touches, 128 yards. 20 touches, 125 yards. 25 touches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. 19 touches, 84 yards, one touchdown. And, of course, he almost ran for 200 in a game where Fournette was active. So, uh, you know, thanks to Mike Clay for that uh bit of information i think that really benefits the waiver wire people you throw in the fact that mike evans is banged up you throw in the fact that godwin's not going to be around for the rest of the season um you know so so he's got evans maybe he's going to get antonio brown back it's funny how that works you know you can you can take a big stand with the organization until you actually need him for your depth mm-hmm. um that you not know your, depth, your, your automatic your starter. actual <laughs> automatic starter yeah you're correct <laughs> you know scotty miller gets involved uh brady dumps off to ronald jones a bunch in that game i believe and uh, we'll definitely see uh, a couple of big games here. Not necessarily. I mean, even if you, you're not a Fournette owner, there's a dang good chance that uh, that Ronald Jones is better than the last person on your bench, has a better fantasy outlook yeah. than the last person on your bench this week. And most people are at a point in their league, you know, unless it's a dynasty league where pickups are still allowed, most people are at a point where only four teams Block the Fournette owner if you can. There is no shame in doing that, even if you have no intention of starting Ronald Jones. Block the Fournette owner from getting them, especially if you play them this week, or maybe you'll meet them in the championship here. Make it harder on them, you know, especially if you have more fab, you know, make them turn to Justin Jackson, make them turn to Craig Reynolds, make them turn to somebody else before allowing them to have Ronald Jones. That's going to be your rest move this week. You have to be defensive at this stage in the season. That is that is great analysis, and I don't think people think about it enough. We're on this waiver wire show talking about different possible pickups, and you might have to play them with all the different COVID stuff going on, whatever else. But if you are in the lucky situation where you have quality running backs and you don't need to play Ronald Jones, still pick them up anyway. Mm-hmm. Still do it yep. because you do not want to have somebody who could possibly get 20-plus points in a positive matchup when the Buccaneers are missing so many people on another team. Take mm-hmm. that option away force them to go other directions, and I think you're better off. So with that being said, what are some other options at the running back position, fantasy managers who might need to play that position have to go to turn to? Mm-hmm. So DeAndre Swift owners have, of course, had a rough time over the last couple of weeks, you know, never really knowing how much time he's going to miss, what the situation there is. But Craig Reynolds came in this week and had his second consecutive good game. It earned him a spot on the 53-man roster instead of just being a practice squad guy. He's only 13% rostered still after going for 11 for 83 and then 26 for 112. He has his best matchups ahead at Atlanta and at Seattle, you know, as far as fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs here. But Jamal Williams is off the COVID list. That alone uh, doesn't give me too much pause with Reynolds. I think he'll still get some carries. But what they're going to do with DeAndre Swift is the situation that you need to monitor. So Reynolds could be interesting, you know, in that type of context here. The other guy that you might want to look at is Duke Johnson, only 2% rostered in Yahoo leagues. 
I had some pause about Duke Johnson, though. Of course, he came out, carried the ball 22 yards for 100 or 22 times for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Also threw in a 20 yard catch. He worked ahead of Miles Gaskin this week. So, uh, you know, people think, oh, maybe what's happening. But remember, Miles Gaskin missed practice time uh, basically the whole week uh, while on the COVID list. So he wasn't getting involved in the game plan as much as someone like Duke Johnson, who was the only man standing. Remember Ahmed and uh, someone else in that backfield? They Jordan were Howard the still. Yes. Well, not Jordan Howard's Jordan not Howard's on there. Eagles. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the other guy that stinks and just gets a few goal line carries. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good keep going it's it's fine yes, it's, he's not relevant dime a dozen not relevant anyway so uh, you know a lot of people thought you know maybe on monday ooh, duke johnson he might be the top running back pickup this week he's a guy that you back your jones bid up with sure maybe even back your craig reynolds bid up with um but it's a really really tough matchup ahead a pair of tough matchups ahead on the road at new orleans and on the road at Tennessee, who are 2-1 and one against opposing running backs, respectively. Mix that in with the fact that Miles Gaskin will be involved more on the practice field this week. And I'm not as high on Duke Johnson as a lot of people out there in the industry are. He is a guy that absolutely you are still making. A, you're backing your Jones bid up and replacing the worst player on your roster that you weren't going to start anyway. Uh, so there's a spot in your fab you know, planning order. Him and Craig Reynolds are both, you know, and it, and it changes depending on the surrounding injuries over the week. So they're part of Fab's strategy this week, but they're not uh, they're not someone I don't think I would feel confident picking up and starting Duke Johnson. No, Malcolm Brown and Philip Lindsay. That's who I was thinking of Malcolm Brown, another bad running back. Yeah, I was thinking of Philip Lindsay. You know, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but that's that's the point that there's like four or five different running backs that could possibly do stuff for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Duke Johnson Too was just a folks. flash in the pan. Yep, exactly. And a couple quick hitters just based on injury stuff that happened late or or just observations here. Uh, Joe Mixon had, an, had a late ankle injury. Samaj P. Ryan is only 13% rostered. That's one. Most leagues move fab to tomorrow, but if you had to do fab tonight uh, in your fantasy leagues uh, and you have to take a gamble, roll the dice, or maybe you have zero fab dollars left and, and want to put a bid in and improve your last spot, you, th- you pick P. Ryan up on the off chance that maybe uh, you know, mix and sits, and then you get a monster, monster boost there. Uh, I also noticed today that Deontay Foreman was tending to an ankle injury. He had a great game, or I mean, a good fantasy game. I think it was 14 points and half PPR this past week, but he exited with an ankle injury. So you're going to have to monitor that. Dontrell Hillard and Jeremy McNichols are next up on the depth chart there. Um, weird game on Sunday night, but one thing that stood out to me in that Bucks, uh, in that Bucks Saints game, you know, outside of you know the obvious Tom Brady struggles, was Mark Ingram who came back had eleven touches and he's only fifty percent rostered on Yahoo. I think Kamara owners should maybe back him up with Mark Ingram just in case because uh, you know that becomes a fantasy home run if uh, Kamara were to go down again. And Ingram in deeper leagues might even have a little bit of standalone value. Last but not least, Naheem Hines is only fifty one percent rostered. There's a lot of JT owners that are still alive in the playoffs here. You better have Heinz on your roster at this point, too, if it's an option here, just to protect yourself uh, heading into semifinal and championship week. Completely agree, and that's a great list of uh, relevant guys. Again, uh, with Deonta Foreman possibly injured, you got the Dontrell Hilliard stuff, and Samaje P. Ryan, who I know you are hoping for in our staff dynasty league, uh, possibly has some relevance, too. I picked P. Ryan up in a couple of leagues like two or three weeks ago that are deeper rosters, mind you, for this exact reason too. So be mindful of that if you are alive. 
uh, and looking to improve that that last roster spot. These types of backups who can run right into major situations, super valuable. Okay, before we get to the wider receivers, let's get word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is going on and kicking, and Yahoo's giving going big on daily fantasy football this season. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free to celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free. Yahoo's giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million uh, DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features obviously $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay in prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Okay, wide receivers, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Rashad Bateman, uh, Nico Collins, Cam Simmons, Humphreys, those were all last week. A lot of underperforming. I was going to say, they, they all struggled, but honestly, a lot of people struggled overall. It wasn't just wide mm-hmm. receiver. It wasn't just our recommendations. This week, though, it's going to be a lot different. We have our cover boy, Gabriel Davis, uh, Christian Kirk, if he's still available by chance, mm-hmm. and Amron St. Brown, who I have to start now uh, saying his name correctly because – is very important for my fantasy team the rest of the season mm-hmm. that he be as successful as he did last week. Do you know how to say his name correctly? Because I never looked it up officially. I'm still saying Amon Ra. Shoot. Did I say it wrong again? I think you, you forgot the Ra part ah! entirely. You just said a- a- Amron St. Brown. or <laughs> Amon. Okay. You said Amron. I'm going like, to go with Amron only call the rest of the season. <laughs> One more time. Tell it to me. I will. I have to say correctly. No, see, the problem is I'm not even 100% this You are 100% certain. correct. Give it. Give no, it I, I'm calling him Amon Ra. Okay, Amon Ross St. Brown. Boom. I need to have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown do be. It was brought to my attention. It's like the Egyptian god. Yes. I I would imagine that that would be, I mean, there could be some other motivation for that name. Maybe, I don't know, maybe if his family's listening, they can chime in here. But uh, no, that's what I was told by, I I don't have it. I'm not. Amon Ross St. Brown. Give me me like 80% confidence. We'll see. Anywho, uh, he's, I mean, I put him on the list. He's still only 30% rostered and he's at Atlanta this week. Now, uh, the problem might be that Tim Boyle is under center. We'll see how that goes. But he's still very much in play just due to the target volume he's getting. Um, of course, you know, like you alluded to, Christian Kirk has to be the first name you mentioned. The only reason I put him on here is because we didn't really talk about him last week. I mean, he was kind of growing in ownership a, a little bit with uh, DeAndre Hopkins banged up. But obviously, Kirk becomes a major factor in the offense here in the passing game uh, with Hopkins out for the rest of the year. You can wide receiver three flex Kirk the rest of the year and it'll be fine. And with 24 percent availability. I figured it was worth at least a mention. The name, this is kind of a, the, the name that sticks out to me though, and again, our cover boy, is of course uh, D- uh, Gabriel Davis. And uh, he was out there on the field a ton. I thought going into the year that Emmanuel Sanders was always kind of a backup plan. He was a little bit washed up and that Gabriel Davis was going to have a breakout year. Now I had that wrong uh, to some degree, except he scored now in four straight weeks here. And a lot of that has been due to, um, you know, due to Emmanuel Sanders uh, being out and it's been saving a lot of my best ball leagues. That's why I've been making uh, late charges in here. But uh, if Emmanuel Sanders sits out again, I think you could easily plug and play Davis as a starter in, in your lineup here. I mean, he's on the field a ton here. You know, I'm looking at our snap counts here um, and I'm going to run it back real quick here. Stefan Diggs, 81.5% of the snaps. Cole Beasley, 46.2. I have no idea how that's right. Um, Gabriel Davis, 89.2%. So uh, he's out there on the field. He's getting targets. He's getting trust from Josh Allen. He's got good hands in the red zone. Yeah. Um, just about everything that you could possibly want. You know, it's three straight weeks. I'm sorry. Uh, they get the Patriots this week. Pretty tough. But I don't think Gabriel Davis is the guy that Belichick 
dials in and says, we need to take this guy away, right? He's going to look for, uh, you know, try to limit Josh Allen's mobility, try to limit Stephon Diggs, and Gabriel Davis might have a couple opportunities there, and it's a matter of can he seize them. And then, of course, it closes the fantasy season uh, versus the Falcons, 28 against opposing wide receivers. Um, this is tough. I mean, if I had to pick between Amon Ra and uh, Gabriel Davis here, I know – I think I'd probably rank Davis slightly ahead. He was enough to be the cover boy. Uh, you know, we had to end our streak of lines there. And uh, I, I, maybe because I'm holding on to wanting to be right about him from early in the season. Uh, but I think Gabriel Davis has to be one of their top pickups here. Of course, that assumes that Emmanuel Sanders, oh, Monroe has less, has less risk, I guess. Yeah, and I think the situation matters too. With Hawkinson done for the year for the Lions, there has to be a second guy that emerges as the you know, PPR catcher, so to speak. Right. And I, I know that like an offense in the NFL doesn't think in that way, but when you have Jared Goff as your quarterback, rarely are able to throw it deep. There's only so many times where a guy like Khalif Raymond could really take advantage of an opportunity. So uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be, I think a relevant PPR threat rest of the season, the same way, like, like a 85% version of Hunter Renfro and Hunter Renfro is already like our PPR uh, God tier type of wide receiver. Uh, I mean, I remember there's a point in the middle of the season where he was our line. He was our waiver wire line. Right. He right. has long crossed that line. He is a starting wide receiver. No, he didn't necessarily play like it last night, but uh, he's going to have plenty more opportunities. It, so long as DeAndre Swift is out, Amon Maron St. Brown is going to be a fantasy wide receiver three in mm-hmm. full point PPR formats. And yep. this is coming from somebody who has KJ Osborne in their starting lineup and could have really used uh, Amon Ross St. Brown doing effective things. Mm-hmm. I really feel confident in that one. I'll take him over Gabriel Davis. Other than Ronald Jones, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is your top pickup this week. Uh, and, and I think it's more matchup-based, again, with the Patriots being pretty good. We should mention the Buccaneers wide receivers a little bit more in depth because we know uh, Chris Godwin done for the season. Mike Evans might not be able to play as well this week or possibly rest of the season, too. We have to kind of see how that ends up going, although the hamstring injury Maybe on the more optimistic side, Tyler Johnson's a very good player. You and I, Big Ten football guys, are well aware of what Tyler Johnson was able to do at Minnesota, and I think can also be effective at the NFL level too. One name to really keep in mind in deeper formats, because Scotty Miller is probably available just about everywhere, uh, Jalen Darden, their rookie wide receiver they drafted, I think, in the second round, has been one of Mario Puig's favorite uh, under-the-radar, never-discussed wide receivers. And yeah. if the bucket, I mean, it's Tom Brady throwing the ball. Like he should be able to take advantage of whatever gets uh, in front of him. And if Antonio Brown, you know, that situation unfolds further. If you, if the Buccaneers have Darden as your wide receiver three, I think he produces enough. Now that's a gamble, but I think he could be effective enough. Uh, it looks like Jake's still having some issues right now on his end. So we'll move over to the tight end. I'm sorry. Actually, we'll do a word from our sponsors. Thrive. Receiving yards. Oh, Hey, you're back. You, you had just cut out. That's all. Oh, I had cut out. Okay. Oh, were you doing the ad read? <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going to get to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game time today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim that subscription. You go to rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit at least $10, and you'll receive 100% back of that money up to $100. Then you play in your first paid contest, and boom, free six-month Worldwide subscription again, worldwide.com slash thrive. That's the site you go to deposit at least $10. You'll get all of that money back up to $100 and play in your first paid contest. And you get your free six month 
Road Warriors subscription all set. Jake, you were just saying from a wide receiver perspective, 500 yards, something. That's what we got last year. I mean, I'm saying that Scotty Miller, you know, racked up 500 receiving yards and three touchdowns, you know, 33 catches on 53 targets was a decent player, you know, last year when all of these guys were healthy and around. So he's someone that Tom Brady, uh, you know, can rely on a little bit to some degree. Obviously the volume hasn't been there. Part of it's been injury related. And and again, yeah, Tyler Johnson, he's just fine. Uh, But again, both of these players are really, really dependent on uh on what exactly is going to happen with you know with in terms of Evans playing number one and how involved uh you know how involved uh Antonio Brown's going to be upon coming back and you know top seven defenses against opposing wide receivers for the rest of the year two matchups against Carolina here so you know they, they deserve to be further down the list uh but they are definitely in consideration due to really non-existent ownership in, in all types of leagues I'll toss it to you when it comes to waiver wire tight ends, because I know uh, we were talking before the podcast aired, how you were disgruntled that there were just no waiver wire tight ends to really discuss. And then lo and behold, we have some chiefs news when Travis Kelsey probably an hour before the podcast was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list that was then filed by Tyree kill. Unfortunately, or fortunately for your podcast prep, Jake, we also have backup tight end Blake bell, who's going to be going on the list as well too. So I mean, the Chiefs are going to be down right. bad when it comes All to the right. pass catchers. All right. So this is going to be interesting here. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I guess that kind of shifts some of the targets back to wide receivers for the Chiefs. So I know Michael Hardman has availability in a lot of places. And, yes. you know, maybe maybe you go back to Pringle or something like that. Did When I cut out, did you mention Marquez Valdez-Scantling at all? I don't mean to backtrack too much, but MVS is only no, I had not. 41% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And he's starting to get a little bit more target volume hear from Aaron Rodgers, especially when teams decide they're going to double, triple, cover Devontae Adams and give him the Calvin Johnson treatment here. And also, he's a, he's a he has a chance of going off for the big play on any given game. He's the guy that Rodgers likes to take the deep shots to over the top if he can get the safety to bite or come in here. So, Valdez Scantling, boomer bust play, 41% rostered. He gets the name on that list. Now, back to tight ends here, like, uh, like, like the plan was here. So, Blake Bell went on the COVID list too since we started this. That's going to be that, that he's expected to today. Okay, so we got Noah Gray left. Ooh. Raise your hand if you know who Noah Gray is. All right, I mean, like, Noah we, we Gray. We do this for a living. I have no idea. He did outsnap Bell twenty to fifteen. Um, he has a touchdown this season, so that's good. I remember a lot of people upset with him. Uh, you know, with him robbing Kelsey of one of those early. He's only been targeted seven times all year. Caught four for eighteen. So you know, not quite the experience you'd like to see here. Uh, on the bright side, Ger- Gray runs routes on only 39.7% of snaps here, but that was better than Bell was doing at 22.1%. Maybe they have somebody on the practice squad. I'm probably not putting a ton of fantasy stake in Noah Gray. Like I said, I'd be more likely you... to roll the dice with other Chiefs receiver options. I'll, I'll give you the name that I think benefits the most if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey don't play uh, in this week's matchup. I actually think running back Daryl Williams has the most utility in a full point PPR format, something like eight to 10 catches for 60 yards. That's really the role that they need Travis Kelsey's or like that's what needs to be filled with Travis Kelsey out. Terry kill can be filled by Michael Hardman. And I think you're going to find out talent wise, how good Hardman is when he is pressed into that type of role. But from like an intermediate perspective, I know running back does a lot of different things. The tight end and Daryl Williams is by no means at all comparable to what Travis Kelsey does. But that kind of leverage of space is where Daryl Williams will thrive over Edwards Lair or anybody else like that. So everyone will be like, oh, yeah, Kelsey Hill are out. 
Hardman for sure. And maybe that's the case. I think Daryl Williams actually jumps into top 25 running back full point PPR consideration if both those guys don't play. Yeah, fair enough. And the other new name, I guess, for this week, I saw before the show that Pat Fryermuth is in concussion protocol. Mm. And uh, Kevin Raider's been banged up. Ebron's on IR. So Zach Gentry is the last man standing over there. I think they just run more three wide receiver sets and then continue to give volume to their other guys. Uh, you know, I'm sure Claypool got chewed out this week and uh, we'll try to get back on track here. So Zach Gentry was the other name. But otherwise, I mean, you're cycling through the same guys we've always talked about. We'll see how Ricky Seals Jones does tonight if he gets cleared. Cole Komet seems to be someone that. He, you know, the Bears quarterbacks both seemingly like to go to. Evan Ingram's in the conversation. Gerald Everett's in the conversation. Foster Moreau, like I said, I think he had nine targets last night. Uh, O'Shaughnessy from the Jags. I couldn't tell you with any degree of confidence or honesty which one of those guys is the best played this week. I would It would be a nightmare to rank any of those guys, but that's the list of players you're looking at if you're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle and get a tight end touchdown. It's going to be difficult. Obviously, hopefully there's only four or six people left in the fancy playoffs by this point. Uh, so you won't need to go down to that level for tight end. I guess if you had to force me to pick one, it's probably Gerald Everett, who I think uh, has an opportunity at least yeah. a little yeah. bit, you know, with what it's Russell Wilson's limitations. I mean, whatever Russell and DK's beef is, that's its own thing aside. But tonight... Uh, with I Lockett, mean, Lockett will not play. Yeah, so Lockett not playing here. And did, uh, did Freddie Swain get cleared yet? I think he was one of the guys we were maybe waiting on. Um so tonight, if you're playing DFS or need to stream somebody or need a really emergency replacement flex for someone you thought was going to play but didn't, looks like Swain got cleared. But yeah, uh, but ever yeah ever comes into that conversation here. And uh, I don't know who knows. Maybe you can sneak an early waiver claim by picking him up now if you uh, if you lost Kelsey. You know that. Let's yeah. let's discuss those Tuesday games real quick. Streaming streaming defenses. I mean, it's got to be the Chargers, who are 50% rostered at, uh, against the Texans. Chargers, and then maybe the, the Giants with Mike Lennon or... Uh, uh, versus the Giants, Seahawks versus the Bears and Justin Fields. And then you get those Atlanta, Detroit... Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, Jets or vice versa matchups. I mean, uh, you know, you go for the Chargers. I actually... I streamed the Chargers two weeks ago. I forget what the matchup was, and then I just kept them on the roster because there wasn't anybody that stood out to pick up. And I'm you will you will yeah. never convince me to play the Atlanta defense or Jacksonville defense in the semifinals of my fantasy playoffs. I will. I just will not do it at this juncture of the season. Yeah. We're getting too cute if we have to do that. Yeah, I mean we're checking. I'm just. I always throw on every team that checks the box: home game, low over under, that kind of thing. Um, you know, you don't feel great or confident about it, but. Uh, you know, there may be our situations. It'd be a tough situation, but we're, we're doing this podcast live. So I'll, I'll kind of throw to you a little bit here, Jake, with some information again, previewing tonight's matchups real quick, five or so minutes, because we know by the time this podcast gets out, not many people are really listening at that point. Uh, both the Washington quarterbacks have not been cleared. Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke will not play tonight for Washington. That means if you have the Eagles defense in your starting lineup, or are going against them, also me too, because I'm in way too many leagues overall. I think it's going to be a good situation overall for you. And I also wonder, Terry McLaurin, how effective he's going to be. He is fully cleared. He will yeah, play in this contest. Yeah. But you have uh, Packers legend and Cowboys legend Garrett Gilbert throwing him the ball. Not very effective for me. And also, J.D. McKissick have, yeah. not playing. To dump off to. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an issue there. I mean, the Eagles are six and a half point favorites here. The over-under is 42. It's going to be another ugly game. That's what we get with these COVID cancellations. Fortunately, though, Jalen Hurts is cleared. But you look at the running back situation, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, all without injury tags. And if they're all active, 
which I expect them to be, you can't trust a single one of them, right? There's no way. I have Miles Sanders sitting on my bench, and I'm playing uh, Rashad Penny over him. Uh, even though our projections have Sanders a little bit higher, I, I can't trust any Eagles backs here. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit more if Minshew were playing, just because uh, there's less likelihood of vulturing rushing touches. But uh, I'm trusting zero Eagles backs tonight if I have that option. Talk uh, about yeah. the Seahawks. Yep, yep. Real quick, give me uh again. We talked about Tyler Lockett not playing. Russell yep. Wilson and DK Metcalf yep. might need to figure things out because if not, yeah. it's going to be hard. And Jalen Ramsey probably is covering DK Metcalf too. Yeah, he exactly. was activated off the reserve COVID nineteen yep. list. And Swain both cleared here. Uh, so Daryl Henderson, Odell Beckham, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, all back from the COVID list. Tyler Higby is really the only notable Ram that's not available here. And with Odell Beckham back, I'm starting to become less likely to trust Van Jefferson tonight. So I think I'm going to go into stake league and swap Van Jefferson out mm. for Rashad Penny. Um, I think we're still awaiting Alex Collins, Trevor or Travis Homer clearance. I don't think that's happened yet. Um, Homer just went on the list yesterday or two days ago. So I imagine not Adrian Peterson might get called up, but, uh, but it's the Rashad Penny. So I think he might have a pretty decent game tonight and I'm going to try to work him in to a couple of lineups. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Smokey, the cat asks, and I was trying to answer it here uh, on the chat. So, so he needs questions. These are fun. Yeah. Two wide receivers, one running back, one flex. I think the wide receivers are Deontay Johnson and Amari Cooper for sure. So really what comes down to me is Jake of these remaining players, which one running back and one flex would you play out of this group? And again, for the listeners who are not watching live, uh, it's between Michael Gallup, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Devante Parker, Sonny Michelle, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Rashad Penny, and Ronald Jones. I think Josh Jacobs stands out. Obviously, I like Ronald Jones if Fournette doesn't play. But I think I'd rather play in a full-point PPR, which is what he follows up with. That I'm going Deontay. You can never bench him. He's probably yep. not even needs to be included in this question here. Uh, Cooper as the other receiver. Yep. Jacobs is the running backs. Give me Ronald Jones as the flex. Is that basically what you just said? I, I think so. I – I could give a more depth answer if I really looked into these matchups here. I don't know off the top of my head. The Rashad Penny one against the Bears is interesting, but it's definitely safer if Fournette does not play. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones Rashad becomes Penny the could start. influence your decision if he goes out with Alex Collins and Adrian Peterson, both presumably active, and still dominates the night. Yeah, and and he has a good game against the Rams, who are you know no joke in the run defense. They got a guy named Aaron Donald. I don't know if you heard of him in the middle there. If Penny goes out and has a really good game tonight, he could possibly push Ronald Jones out of that starting spot here otherwise uh yeah Deontay is your layup uh yeah and then give me Cooper Jacobs and, yeah. and let's just say if Leonard Fournette does play I'll I'll then probably play uh Am- uh Amara St. Brown mm-hmm. as the flex I think I think that's the direction of with Josh Jacobs as your starting running back if Leonard Fournette is active next week holiday party this tonight I am going to say Amon Ra and I'm going to expect you to say it back across the room, right? It's going to be like Marco Polo the whole time, all right? And then we'll get it right. Ah, yeah, that you should. I mean, this Which is, is funny because I might have it wrong too. I better look it up after this. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I I just read a story about how his dad wanted to have Egyptian uh, names for his sons, and I'm sitting here saying I can't. I guess I don't know my Egyptian history well enough. I you know, I, I apologize. I mean, I've never had it read to me phonetically, but some one of my friends who's a trivia buff said it pretty matter of factly. So I'm just rolling with what he's. You're said. right. I'm wrong, and I continue to be wrong for two podcasts straight. That is not acceptable. We will get it fixed for next week because he is carrying my team, which is now taking the mantle of Team of Destiny away from Chris Liss, to the Rotoware uh, Online Championships, and all of us are going to have a flush Let's Christmas and New Year. 
All right. All right. Well, very, very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm going to be back with Alan next week, right? That's correct. Yeah, I will be in Vegas celebrating my birthday, so I will be having a much better time than you, Jake, even though you are going to be fantastic. My magic going next week? What was that? You get some ball guy magic going next week? Yeah, it's it's, it's possible. It's possible. It's going to be All a good right. show regardless. Well, it'll be good for championship week, and uh, hopefully we can get you know this COVID stuff under control so that we're not worrying about a doubleheader to recap and then two games that are starting in, in geez, like three hours from now. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us on the Rotoware. Uh, I got the Rotoware Island Championship. The Rotoware Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Winback. Again, next week, we got our guy, uh, Alan, coming in uh, and joining Jake as they get you guys set for your championship lineups. Thanks, for everyone, for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.